Welcome to the Hope for the Weary Christian Woman podcast, the go-to podcast for the Christian woman walking through suffering and hard times. I am so glad that you're here. Do you want a relationship with God that's deep, real, and intimate? Do you wish that you could fully trust God's plans and process and rely on Him through all things and believe all of His promises? Well, take a deep breath. I got you. This is a show for the Christian woman who is struggling to trust God fully because life is so stinking hard. And maybe, like me, you felt like there's no hope, no way out, and no point in even praying about it anymore. I want you to know that as long as God is on the throne, it's not time to throw in the towel. You can find strength, peace, and hope in a closer relationship with God when everything in your life seems to be going wrong. How do I know that? Because I've done it. Hey there, I am Latoya Edwards. I am your Christian spiritual growth mindset and life coach and a proud single mom of four boys. And over the last two decades, I have walked through more suffering and trials than I could ever tell you. In fact, there was a time when I was sure that God had forgotten all about me. He didn't. I was just weary from all the hard stuff. But I've come through it all with a fearless faith and a closer relationship with Him. And if that sounds like something you need to, you are in the right place. I can't wait to help you find renewed faith, a peace-filled mind, and restored hope. Let's get started. Today, we are going to look at the fourth lie in our Uncover the Lies module. The lie that we're going to address today is this situation is too hard and there is simply no way out of this. This lie really speaks to what we think and what we believe about our situation and our circumstances. So we've looked at lies that we believe about ourselves, lies that we believe about the Lord, and now we're going to look at lies that we believe about whatever situation is weighing heavily on us. And so the reason that this is important is because we can be secure in our identity. We can be striving towards knowing God on a deeper level, but still we get our focus on our situation and our circumstances, and that will weigh us down. It causes us to doubt, to be afraid, um, right? And just to really struggle in our faith. A great illustration of this is the story of Peter walking on the water. As long as he keeps his eyes on the Lord, he's fine. But the second that he looks around and notices the wind and the waves and the storm that's brewing, he starts to sink. And the same thing goes for us. When we look at our circumstances, a lot of times it's really hard and difficult things. And they're things that we simply cannot handle We can't see a way out of, we can't overcome, not on our own. And so we begin to tell ourselves over and over again, this is impossible. This is impossible. There's no way out. Nothing's going to change. It's never going to get better. And when that happens, we begin to lose our confidence because our faith should give us confidence that God is going to be there and work things out for us, no matter what is going on. And so we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture um, that is a great illustration of somebody that was trapped in this lie, but was able to overcome it with their faith in the Lord. And we're also going to look at um, letting go of control of things, because that's a big thing when it comes to our circumstances, how to overcome doubt and how to handle our disappointments. We're going to turn to Mark chapter five for the story of the woman with an issue of blood and her story. It's just a few lines, but it's still so powerful. We find her story in verse 25, and I'm going to read all the way down to 34. So bear with me. We're going to read a lot today. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 
and who had suffered under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you. And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So many good nuggets in this passage of scripture. So let's back up a little bit. At the beginning of chapter five, we are seeing Jesus do miracles and lots of healing. Um, So we get the story of Legion, um, the man that had so many demons in him that God, you know, frees him from. But if we look at this section where her story is, what we see is um, we see a man named Jairus and he is coming to Jesus because his daughter is sick. She's so sick that she's about to die. And he has heard about Jesus and what he can do. And he is wanting Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Now, Jairus is, um, He's got this really like top position in the synagogue. He's a very important Jewish leader in the city. Um, And so it's very interesting that we get the story of this woman paired alongside his story. Because if in that culture, if anybody was going to get anything, it was going to be Jairus because he is a man, first of all. He's powerful. He has position. He has authority. He has all of this influence. And so, of course, he is going to get what he wants because he's probably used to getting that. And in Jewish culture, this poor woman has been bleeding for 12 years. And if you know anything about Jewish culture, that that would have rendered her unclean. If a woman was bleeding, she was deemed unclean and she was actually supposed to be separated, you know, from the men and everybody else, because if they came in contact with her, Um, then they could also be rendered unclean. And so for 12 years, she has probably lived a life of isolation um, because she's not allowed to be around other people. And as women, we know what, how draining, you know, bleeding and having those issues can be. She's tired, she's exhausted, she's deemed unclean, she's looked down upon as less than. And if we look in the few verses we have here, she's gone from doctor to doctor to doctor and nobody has been able to help her. Not only have they not helped her, she's actually getting worse. So she spent all her money, she's not any better, nobody can help her. There's probably um, you know, this bit of like being ostracized from society because of her condition. So we get this juxtaposition of this wealthy, powerful man and this woman who basically has nothing couched in between. And so what we see is Jesus is on his way, right? To go see Jairus's daughter. And in the middle of that, this woman gets healed. And I love that Jesus stops what he's doing, right? To find out what's going on. And yes, he knows he's going to go heal this man's daughter because she's super important. But this woman also matters to him that he's willing to stop in a crowd of like hundreds of people probably to find out who it was. And he speaks to her directly. So let's look at what she does. So what she does, it seems so small, but it is so 
key to how we can overcome this lie that like my circumstances are so bad that nothing can be done because she was probably believing this lie. We see her. She says this, if I can touch his garments, I will be made well. So she makes up in her mind that she is going to get to Jesus because she knows that Jesus, like if I can talk to him, if he will lay his hands on me, no. She says, you know what? I have such faith in who this man is that if I can just touch like the bottom part of him, then I know that I'm going to be made whole. And this is why when Jesus speaks to her, he tells her that it's her faith that has made her well because she had this belief. Her situation was really bad. It was really impossible and nobody could do anything for her, for her. And if she had stayed focused on that, she would have missed out on that healing that she got simply touching Jesus's garment. Um, and so what I get, what I pull from here for us is that it is our faith that sees us through those hard situations and those hard circumstances when we feel like there's nothing to be done. And we don't have to do these big, grand things. Like she literally touched like the probably the dirtiest part of Jesus, right? Because it's dragging on the ground. She just touched it and she was made whole. And so sometimes we get in our heads that we've got to do these big grand gestures and we've got to fast for 40 days and, and all of these things in order to um, get something that we need from the Lord. And if you look at the story, it's simply not true. Um, she was healed um, because of her faith and her belief and her conviction into who the Lord was. And the same goes for us. So let's look at the three ways that I see this show up, practically speaking. So oh, I hear from almost everybody in our community, including myself, we struggle to let go of control, right? We when things are going wrong, we think, well, if I could just do this, if I could just make this person do this, if I could just make this happen, if I could just get to this thing, if I could just, if I, 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 right? We want to be in control of things, which is a natural response. When things are completely out of control, we want to control it. But often, especially in those really hard seasons, nothing is in our control. And that's so hard that often leads us to fall into this fear because everything is so out of control. And we see that with the woman with the issue of blood, like everything was out. She was not in control of her body. She had no money. She had no resources. Like it was completely out of her control to do anything to make herself better. But what did she do? She turned to the Lord and she knew Jesus is the answer. If I can just get to him, and I know that I will be made whole and I will be healed. Same goes for us. The second thing that I see is this issue of doubt, right? Is we have this kind of nagging voice in the back of our mind because we think, no, no, like things aren't that bad. Like surely God is going to step in. He can do something. And it's kind of like, oh, but will he? Will he really? Do I actually believe that? Is it actually going to happen for me? And right. And so the scripture doesn't say this. So this is me reading into the text. Um is that I get, I, I really believe that she dealt with a lot of this doubt um, because for 12 years, she's had this issue and she has done all the right, like she spent her money, she's gone to the doctors and nobody that she knows has been able to help her. And so I often, when I read this, I picture her in my mind, kind of having to pep talk her way into approaching Jesus. Because first of all, she's a woman, right? She's unclean. She shouldn't be there. And so I wonder how, like, if she struggled with those thoughts of doubting if Jesus would even be willing to heal her, right? He's this Jewish man. Surely he knows the laws and, you know, and the rules and the things. 
Um, and she should not have been there. She should not have been in the crowd. She should not have been touching people. Maybe she was worried that he would then be rendered unclean because she touched him because she was bleeding. You know, all of these things that go in our minds. And I think the words that she speaks, um, because we only see her speak this one sentence, um, is the answer to our doubts. When we are doubting if things can get better, if things can change, if God's really coming, right? She says, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. Like she knew, despite whatever doubts she may have been feeling, if she could just get to Jesus, that something would happen, that things would change, that she would be made well. And that is the answer to our doubts, is when our mind, our situation wants to make us doubt if things can get better, if God cares, if he's there. We need to just make up in our minds. No, if I can just get to the Lord, right? If I can just get to my Bible, if I can just spend some time in prayer, if I can get to church, then I know that something will change. And so the third um, thing is disappointment. So I can remember a time many times actually, that I would feel so disappointed because I was walking through this hard season for what seemed like forever. And it seemed like everybody around me was getting answers. They were being, you know, delivered from things and God was just doing these big, big things. And I felt like, hey, like, what about me, Lord? I think that's really common to feel disappointed. And a lot of times that comes from taking our eyes off of the Lord, right? We're looking around at what is seemingly happened for other people. And we don't know their stories. We don't know their journey. We don't know what God's plan is for their lives. And so we get focused on that um, instead of keeping our focus on the Lord. So again, when you feel disappointed, oh, well, God, oh, God, I thought you were going to you know, do this. We get in that thing. We think, oh God, well, like it's been 10 years. It's been 15 years. It's been a year. It's been so long. I'm just thinking everybody else is getting their prayers answered and I'm still in this place. I'm so disappointed. Go back to what we were talking about when we talked about what we believe about the Lord. You have to stand on those truths of who he is, what his character is, and what he has promised to you. Um, because we're going to feel disappointed. I mean, look at this poor woman, like she's 12 years. She spent her money, gone to these men that were supposed to help her. They've taken her money and left her worse for the wear. Um, she was extremely disappointed, but they didn't keep her from going to the Lord to get what she needed because she knew he was the answer. And so I think all of that is the key is that we have to always be looking to the hills where our help comes from, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because when our eyes are on the Lord, we're not going to see all of the stuff that's going on. We're not going to see all the things that are happening to other people. We're only going to see him. And that is, you know, where our hope is. And that's how we can have that confidence. It's not the confidence in the situation. It's confidence in the Lord that he hears us, that he sees us, that he loves us, and that he's going to step in and be there with us and see us through. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode with someone that you know that's feeling weary right now? It would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. This will help women just like you find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you. Rest in that truth and find hope for your weary soul.